Uh, who we really need is JR. That badass new F-250 with the aluminum trailer on it. Yeah, then we can have the massage seats. Didn't he have massage seats in that thing? Yes, oh, my God, that's right. He's got the magic fingers the uh, show, yeah. interior. He, he just asks that you throw quarters down in between the crack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Between the seat and the console. Yeah, he'll he'll clean them up later when he's vacuuming. <laughs> hey, look, that trip was good for 7.50. Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive shindig. Yeehaw! I am Brett Hatfield, here with our engineer and co-host, Mr. Catfish Groves. Yup! And the evil genius of Craving Cars on YouTube, (laughs) Mr. Corey Pratt. Uh, We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. If you like what you're hearing, tell your friends. If there's something you'd like to hear more of, please tell us. You can find us online at DrivenRadio.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen, my God, you can listen everywhere on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you are hearing, again, tell your friends. And leave us a five-star rating on Apple Music, if you would, please. Yeah, five stars, one for each finger. Oh, well. (laughs) So good. For most of us. (laughs) You know, every now and then you get one of those four and a half. And like, oh. If there's something you uh, want to hear more of or someone you think we should interview, tell us. You can give us an email. Send us an email at brett at readthedriven.com. Yeah. So. That'd be cool. Holy mother of pearl. <laughs> Wake the kids, phone the neighbors. <laughs> You're just glad that I'll quit whining. I, uh, I know what no, this is all about. It's going to be an entirely We're going to have no line. more Arkansas preacher stories uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> You're may, not wrong. May I say for the record, you are officially banned from welling a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but if it needs Ever a hole, stories. a drain hole, by God, I can weld one right in there. Yeah, if you call that welding. You finally bought a car. Yes. I did. I did. We uh we did the verbal handshake over the weekend, and right now I'm just. Is waiting. that code for something? Yes, <laughs> it's code for we said it. Uh, My we, word is stronger than oak. We're waiting on the. Um, he's checking with the the owner current. The guy who still has the car is checking with uh, uh, various friends of his and people in the car clubs, etc. About uh, shipping. Yeah. But uh, 1955 Plymouth Savoy, it's a four-door, but it has the V8. It's not the flathead six. Uh, It has a 260 V8 with the uh, two-speed power flight auto. Uh, It's black and red. Looks really good. Two-speed auto, that's a good trans. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just, And it's got the bias plies and the the whole nine yards. Um, Mr. Six-speed over here is getting judgy. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Porsche, just because it could fit in my trunk. Just because... And still go faster. Just, <laughs> uh, just because three of the four of my cars have six or more gears, you know, whatever. Oh, uh, you know, that's that Are takes you the fun out of it. Or? No, my okay. my golf actually is a seven speed. The car itself is black and red and looks to be in really good condition. It is fairly sharp overall. I think so. Uh, in the pictures, it looks good. Well, uh, you know, me in pictures, it's always like, hey, that looks good, and I get there and I'm like, oh yeah, but uh, I. I have kind of faced the reality, faced the real music of where I'm at and where it is. 
And plus, I when did some research on shipping and found some some uh, money saving ones. Mm-hmm. And if, it, but between all that, it finally got to a price to where it's like that's just too close, not to you know, not, not to, to suck it up and yeah. get there. Yeah. And so uh, I, I'm excited. I cannot wait until oh, that arrives. I put up a, a I just am a so front st- grill pick on uh, uh, Road Muscle Radio. So stinking happy for you. I can't tell you how happy I am for you. I'm also happy that you're no longer going to send me pictures of really decrepit crap. <laughs> and, and want you to go, oh, well, cool, look at that car. <laughs> we could make this well, work. Sure, you could make that work. He's going to still probably send you pictures. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the thing. The three of us and everybody else we know who's into this kind of stuff, we never, ever quit looking. No. But now you have one. Yeah. You have a, a you have a four-wheel dependent now. <laughs> You, you know gotta, it is too funny. I've already been. I got a guy on on uh, eBay who sent me a uh, an email earlier today because the kick panels that I I put as a uh, to keep my eye on a watch mm-hmm. on because if I'm going to get this car, I've got to put a stereo in it because I have to. Yeah. And so being able to put those in, I'm going to have to replace the back deck. Uh, it's got the original one that looks really nice, mm-hmm. and the kick panels are really nice. Nice, they match the doors. Oh, you're, you're not going to do what we did in high school with the uh, six by nine boxes on the rear. Oh, deck sweet and the mother of God! No, I no. had those, and with, they suck. With, <laughs> with the forward facing twenty nine dollar Jensen speakers. And yeah. Those. Wow, you just actually—that's exactly what I freaking had I in my know. first fifty five Plymouth. And an eight track tape player that my brother had thrown away, and I dug tape. it out of the trash. You eight had to put track. your goody comb kind of under. Underneath the eight yeah. track to get it the yeah. heads no, to no, line up. I, I remember. Yeah, it's sexy AF. Oh yeah, uh, eight tracks. I had milk that lasted longer than some eight tracks. <laughs> Unbelievable. So anyway, you bought yourself a car. Congratulations. Yeah, thank I you. dig the colors. It looks like it's in pretty fair shape. And again, the offer stands. If we have to go collect it, we can go collect it. I do have that navigator that will tow a trailer. Yep. Now it, all of that said, up. hey Jr. Mr. JR, <laughs> who we really ought to take, is, you, you got uh, a big is JR's bad boy new three-quarter ton diesel pickup. And uh, I I don't think that's his trailer. I think he stole it from uh, his buddy Aaron. We ought to yeah, be able know. to steal it from his buddy Aaron. <laughs> I'll pay for gas. He's got the magic finger seats. Let's uh-huh. go. <laughs> well, yeah, he does have those massage seats. You just have to throw a handful of quarters on the floor every time you use them. <laughs> And call it so, Susan. Um, <laughs> hey, Susan. how about you, Mr. Porsche man? What'd you do this week? I went driving around. I bet you I did. I bet you did. I went driving around, around, you you around Kansas on? City, and I went ahead and said, this looks like a cool spot for a picture. Yep. yep. Four, and did a Four ton tanks of, of gas in one day, never left town. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I have put 5,000 miles in the car, though. I, I in what, two have. weeks? Yeah. That's well, right. yeah, but he has to, had to retrieve it from the West Coast. Granted, all yes, the way half here. of that. Oh. Actually, a little bit more than half of that's coming back from And then from run, go run Southern Express with Ped last week. That was another then, 1,400 miles, probably. And then drive around Kansas City until the whole city had seen his car. And Which was is another 1,400 miles. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so not surprised there. Kansas City's pretty spread out, you know. you got to get there. Uh, uh, we we got a lot of paved road. Yeah. We got and I lot. bet you got there quickly, too. Well, that's a it, sweet ride, it, dude. And that's the thing, too. It's like, ooh, I can get there in 35... Or an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to take an hour to get there. Mm-hmm. Why? Because this little road here, you know, the one that doesn't yeah. look like it's straight. You're going to know that's the every one side take. road with more than two curves on it. <laughs> I, I am. Only, well, I kind of did that in the past, but only this time I got a car that can actually go around the corners. Yeah, there you go. So that works out pretty good. Vlad? Yeah. 
is in the garage. She's here. What? Ooh, uh, gonna, her out. Clean her up. We went and had a little date at the car wash on Saturday. And then uh, I went and collected my daughter and her two daughters. Yeah, I'm a grandfather. I'm a real early. I was grandfather. You're the OGGP. Yeah. yeah. At, at, uh, at, at 45, I became a grandfather. <laughs> but uh, went by my daughter's house. She doesn't live too far from me. And scooped her up. And the two granddaughters had their first ride in what has become da- dubbed Pawpaw's race car. Oh, oh, nice. Uh, Saturday night was, nice. was pretty nice, and I had the windows <laughs> down on the car, and we put them in the back seat and went for a drive. And, you know, Vlad's not a quiet car, so every time I stuck my foot in it, both the kids from the back seat, ooh, <laughs> Papa's race car, I'll go faster, go faster. <laughs> That's right, girls. Oh, those are That's my right. grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a feeling, is that, is that one more thing that makes you go, shoot, maybe I shouldn't sell it now? Yeah. Because it's Papa's race it's, car. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, man. Of course, uh, 9-11s do have little back seats in them, and those are two little people, so maybe that mm, would work That out. might work. So anyway, we all had some fun <laughs> car stuff happen this week, Yeah, and you're going to have one here soon. I'm, soon. I am really excited for you. Truly am. It's kind of funny. Just a side note, at first I was kind of nervous and actually a little sweaty after having pulled the trigger on it, because I'm like, that's, yep. you know... That's not a small chunk of change for a guy like me. No. And uh, and I don't usually spend any kind of money like that on myself, unless it's like at a buffet. But uh, <laughs> I can relate. I, uh, you know, that first evening, I'm like both excited and totally, oh, God, I actually oh, yeah. did it. Buyers and the next day, I'm like, it. where the hell is it? Why uh-huh. isn't this in my driveway? I don't know if you're driving it now, damn it. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and uh, we talked off air. Um I was already going through Crutchfield, looking at stereos and and discovering that there are little like you know half den stereo units out there yeah. that are so small that you can you just, stick through a mail slot. Oh, dude, they're awesome! <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is gonna work. This is gonna work. And I, and I was I had to talk to my wife because I'm like, talk me from the ledge because I'm starting to buy stuff for a vehicle that hasn't arrived in my <laughs> yeah, driveway yet. yet. Dude, don't <laughs> feel bad. I was looking up Crutchfield stuff for the Harley truck <laughs> two months before it got here just because I knew it was coming. Absolutely. Uh, and I still haven't pulled the trigger on all the Crutchfield stuff because I'm trying to decide which multi-thousand dollar system <laughs> I'm putting my money into. I've I've already built a stereo system that will piss off my neighbors in the next neighborhood over. Nice. Uh, and <laughs> you got to do it properly. Yeah, you yeah. got to do. That's how you uh, do it. The first run through, all the stuff I found, yeah. <laughs> $7,600. Holy sweet mother of God. <laughs> That's a start. Jeez, uh, good job. Cheapest Chrysler. More, no, more than Mark would a pay for a car. I was yeah. ready to dump into a stereo system. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm thinking like 250 bucks. Yeah. This is where I'm going to go and I'll, I'll find the wiring somewhere in the garage and run those speaker <laughs> 250 wires. bucks did not get my front door speakers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my first two of cars. Of course. Uh, I, I will say this. My first two cars i spent more on the radio than the car guilty of that too first two cars uh well first two cars weren't worth putting a stereo in when i finally got a car (laughs) worth putting a stereo in the stereo was worth more than my first two cars gotcha so yes guilty (laughs) done that too yep all righty well in the news this week uh mark that would you let me try it again so it sounds like all three of us are keeping the dream alive. We're all doing Yay. car stuff, and that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Hey, a lot of news this week. Uh, the inventor of the bouncy house, who was from one of my former 
Stomping grounds? Yeah, well, one one of my former hometowns, Hutchinson, Kansas, God love them. Uh, one of the uh, the inventor of the bouncy house had a great car collection, and it's going to auction. Uh, Hennessy has a Dodge Durango that'll make your track hawk look silly. <laughs> uh, COVID has affected the new Corvette. We're going to tell mm. you how. And most fire departments aren't prepared for electric vehicle fires. That's going to make you shudder. That story is just scary as it can be. Our special guest this week is repeat is a repeat offender with us. It's Mr. Cash Thing. He's Ford's performance enthusiast marketing manager, and he'll tell us about the amazing summer vacation or vacations that he's had while all of us have been camping out at home because everything was canceled. Cash went and did everything everywhere. Yeah. And nice. he's also got a little bit of uh, insight for us on some of the cool stuff that's in the Ford po- product pipeline. We're going to be talking to him a little bit later. Uh, let's get s- to some of this news we have. All right. The uh, inventor of the bouncy house was Carnut. His collections for sale. Bob Rieger of Hutch began collecting cars when he was 14. Started early. <laughs> got a good start. Good yeah. man. Hey. Stashed away hundreds of cars before his death in September of 2019. 140 of them are now up for grabs. Unreal. The collection is going to be sold off by Vanderbrink Auctions on October 24th. Hot Rod Magazine, and this is from MotorAuthority.com, Hot Rod Magazine published a story on the collection in 2009 reporting that Rieger had 226 cars <laughs> at that time and a stash of uh, new old stock parts. They're stored in various buildings, and he said that yeah, he, no uh, he really wasn't sure what all he had, <laughs> which is an awesome some problem to have. Well done, Mr. Rieger. <laughs> We're yeah. proud of you. You win. Uh, that's why the collection was pared down over the ensuing decade. He had a thing for Fords. There are over 50 that are in the sale. His favorite was a 1932 Ford, and a variety of body styles are represented in the collection, including two rare B400 two-door convertible sedans, which were originally United States Embassy cars in Europe. Nice, comrade. Wow. There are several Corvettes, a 72 Pontiac GTO, a 1955 Dodge Cornet. Hammer. I was originally supposed to cover this sale, uh, but one of the magazines I used to work for is no more. So I no longer get to cover this one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go cover Barrett Jackson down in Scottsdale next week for a different publication. Good trade. But yeah, yeah, that's not so Good bad. Good trade. Yeah. Here's the one downside. I looked up weather in Scottsdale. Hotter than a cutting torch. Uh-oh. Oh, it, lovely. It is, they've been having like 96, 97 degree days. So here you'll wear a sweater. There you'll just wear sweat. No, yeah. Done. Yeah, no kidding. Got a it. jock strap and a top hat. <laughs> oh, <Work> boy. <laughs> well, There's that, a visual collection for you. Is, that collection's awesome. We'll see what happens when you don't have Nintendo. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. You collect cars at 14. Well, you, the thing about that, the thing about yeah. that collection and that many cars, it doesn't blow me away that he bought that many cars. Having had several of them at once, what really gets me is where do you put all that stuff? You got to find places to put all that stuff. I would imagine before he had his own place or like old barn, whatever the case may be, then he had to like, hey, can I store this here? Can I store this? Yeah, well, I'm not going to buy this car because I have to buy a barn. (laughs) (laughs) All good things in due time, my friend. Right, right. Well, coming from Car and Driver, they're talking about a Dodge Durango. The uh, 2021 Dodge Durango SRT Hellcat is the latest proof that FCA will put a Hellcat supercharged V8 in, uh, well, about anything. Amen. Yeah. God bless them. Right. Do it. Do it. Although it's, uh, you know, only offering the 710 horsepower, three-row SUV for only one year. Sad face emoji. Uh, (laughs) Hennessy Performance Engineering decided to go one better and give the Durango Hellcat more than 1,000 horsepower. Oh, my God. What? Mark (laughs) 
as the tiny little hairs in the back of his neck. I, I love Standing this. straight up. You I take, can't wait for the wrecked one so I can get the engine out of it. This is the way to get back at your kids. Oh, no doubt. There you go. <laughs> Five diapers in one afternoon? Guess what? Guess I'm going to scare that right out of you. <laughs> Only a 50 Durango SRT Hellcat HPE 1000s will be built. Whoa. Hennessy installs a 2.7 liter supercharger, giving you an idea the stock Hellcat one is only a 2.4 liter, which is still bigger than most four cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> Stainless steel long tube headers, an upgraded pulley throttle body to make the extra power. The result is about 1,012 horsepower with 969 torques. Unbelievable. Now, 710 is the uh, is what the stock horsepower on the on the Hellcats are with 645 pounds. Well, that gives you an idea that. It's got some moving. Yeah, it does. Uh, the HPE Durango turns an acclaimed 0 to 60, 2.8. <laughs> oh, my God. To the Durango? That is, that's new Corvette. Yeah. That's new Corvette time. Right, right. Oh, my God. I would pay to see that. 10.8 To see a new Corvette mile. take on a Durango. Oh, yeah. That'd be, oh, my God. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm in heaven. 10.8-second uh, uh, quarter mile at 126 miles per that hour. That is so. smoking. Yeah, it's uh, very, very cool. Obviously, there are going to be some cool badges. Badges? <laughs> we we need some stinking badges. <laughs> and basically, the, the badge is going to have the HP 1000 to kind of let you know how much power this Hennessy claims it is. I'm painting that on a wall. A little, uh, <laughs> plus a little like serial number plaques. And uh, it's, you know, just your typical Hennessy type of uh, additions. How much? How Don't much? Know, you know, to be honest. Okay. To give you an idea, the Hellcat is priced at the Durango Hellcat is priced about eighty two thousand. Okay, Hennessy version probably going to exceed a hundred. Oh, oh, you think? You think? Oh. Exceed I, I, I would. They, put, didn't, they didn't really say. I would bet money so. it's a buck and a Ooh, half. Ooh, cool thing is though, with the fifty that you get or that they're making, twelve thousand mile warranty. How can you give a warranty oh, to oh, that? Oh, and you get an extra large supercharger one. What? Oh, whatever. What? 12,000 mile warranty? Yeah. yeah. That oh, your 1,012 horsepower won't blow a up. A smart car had one year warranty. It was basically a swatch you could drive. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I have, I'll be honest. I'm a 1,000 horsepower. I have driven a couple of different smart cars. Yeah. In fact, uh, you guys have both been down to the warehouse. It's There's some room down there. Oh, yeah. I drove a smart car up the ramp into the warehouse pulled a full circle and parked it next to the 63 Impala, <laughs> then drove another one up the ramp into the warehouse and pulled a full circle and parked right behind the first one. The two of them together were still shorter than the 63. <laughs> you got that right. Because <laughs> it's, it's a Kmart cart with a motor in it. A school bus is shorter than than Vlad. I mean, come on. I was talking about the 63, <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Same size. <sighs> in not so great news, the oh. mid-engine Corvette... The new Corvette is hit yet, yet oh, another now? production snag. Mm. Uh, courtesy of COVID, there's a parts shortage. Oh. So they're going to have to shut down the Bowling Green plant for a week. Uh, General Motors paused production of the 2020 Corvette beginning Monday. Spokesman Kevin Kelly said, due to a temporary parts supply issue, we can confirm that the Bowling Green assembly plant will not run production for the week of October 12th. Our supply chain, manufacturing, and engineering teams are working closely with the supply base to mitigate any further impact on production, and we expect the plant to resume normal operations Monday, October 19th. That means we just we ran out of stuff. We ran I, no, out of stuff. No, they just wanted another vacation. Uh, 
really after this year <laughs> corvette inventory is extremely limited because most of them are pre-ordered production at the kentucky plant will be extended into december gm had originally said that the 2020 production would end in november and that 2021 model production would begin in december before the pandemic hit uh, Chevy had expected to build about 40,000 Corvettes in 2020. Not going to get anywhere near that. As of no. February, Chevy has received 45,000 pre-orders through its oh, website. Oh, crap. You're going to be building those for the next four years. Uh, That's yeah. 2021. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of bleed Corvettes. over. Uh, GM said Corvette sales <laughs> surged 33% to 6,355 deliveries during the third quarter. <laughs> Corvette Blogger reports that Chevy plans to build 20,181 Corvettes for the 2020 model year. 20,000 of 45,000 orders. Oh, my God. You guys are covered for a minute. Are you ready for the 2024 2021 Corvette? Corvette. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, but yes, I get it. <laughs> Has there ever been a delay like this before that you can think of on a car? Uh, the only thing I remember about uh, delays in Corvette production is I think in 70 or 71, there was a steel strike, a steel worker strike. And although Corvettes were fiberglass, the frames are still steel. At least they were at that time. Right. And they had to run production a little bit longer. And up till then, almost every Corvette uh, model year or every other year had had a change in the body style somehow. And uh, 70, 71, and 72 are virtually indistinguishable from the outside. So that's it. Coming in from car and driver, in case of electric car fires... Half of the fire department doesn't know what to do, <laughs> and Dude, I don't blame them. Uh, of all the uh, weird things we've heard about electric cars, starting with all the crap that goes into making the batteries and the weird mining and all the environmental crap that nobody really talks about, uh, this is probably the scariest thing <laughs> It's really shocking when you get right down to it. There's a new report from the National Transportation Safety Board. It's got some alarming data on it. Check this out. Half of U.S. fire departments are not prepared to deal with an electric car vehicle fire. Half. Half of them. Half. That seems to be a lot. Now, you know, why? Well, 31% said they don't have any kind of specific training for their firefighters to deal with hybrid or electrical vehicles. And fully half said they have no protocols in place to deal with hybrid or electrical vehicles. Different kinds of fires obviously require different strategies. You don't use a hose on a grease fire. Yeah, exactly. Now, this you know? one of the biggest <laughs> shocking things. Corey's wanting to run the fire department. <laughs> Corey's in his eighth trailer and loving it. Um, the uh, if you really think about it, it the United uh, States Fire Administration says EV fires. This is the biggie right oh, here. Oh my lord! Electric vehicle fires can quote exceed five thousand degrees Fahrenheit unquote. So when you apply water or foam on them, it may cause an actually a violent flare-up as the water molecules separate into explosive hydrogen and oxygen. Yeah, welcome Boy. to the bizarro world. It's so damn hot, it breaks the degrees. bonds of the water and turns it into Five, flammable gas. 5,000 degrees, that's hotter Oof. than a cutting torch. Yeah, yeah, you're basically you're kind of looking at a little bit of the sun. Uh, there are also risks of electric shock and toxic fumes in an electric vehicle fire that aren't present in aren't present in gasoline fires. I mean, think about the I've watched. I can't tell you how many videos of transformers blowing. 
Dude. You know, and the, and the arcing and all this stuff. And I'm oh, like, yeah. if I was a firefighter, I showed up to that. You just look at it. Screw it. Let it cook. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's just keep people away. Yeah. <laughs> Set up a barrier. And uh, no. while you're at it, you might want to have a cold pop. There are new tools to help keep firefighters safe, including a hot stick. I bet. Little toy that can detect the presence of an AC or DC current. So not only that, but if you're pouring water on it and it's blowing out current, well, howdy doody. Uh, The National Fire (laughs) Protection Association is reporting the use of new techniques firefighters are developing for EV fire situations. Some of the things they might be doing, elevating the burning vehicles so water can reach the entire battery pack. That sounds like picking it up. Yeah, basically, it's a firefighter forklift. The, the triple F, uh, or building a dam around the vehicle to soak it in water. So you you kind of put so don't sandbags and one wreck your EV and catch no fire unless you're close to a lake. One more reason I'm really happy I'm not a firefighter. It's just I the things that you have to face. It, even at, you know in our houses there are ideas about you have to put up little warnings and stuff, especially yeah, if you've got crap. different kinds of things. And yeah. uh, those homes that have the foam insulation have to have special warnings because it burns completely differently. And then you've wow. got this now your vehicle. Damn guys, uh, hats off to firefighters. Now again, screw it, let it cook. Yeah, wouldn't you think that the development of cars like this that they would think, hey, accidents can happen. Maybe something might happen, like I don't know, it catch on fire somehow, yeah, and I, they've they've come up with ways to to, to combat that. But who's who's ultimately out. responsible for that? Is the manufacturer of the cars? If you crash this, bad things will happen, or is it the fire departments? And they, yeah, I mean, think about all the cars they've given these massive credits to, these tax credits for buying these hybrids and electric vehicles well is the government responsible for providing the stuff to the fire i'm not even asking this question we're going to dig a (laughs) right but when when you see them when they crash vehicles and they come up with new safety ways and all stuff the reason why they do that a lot because they because they say themselves and as i've heard this in in many interviews in in the past that they are the ones that are responsible for making people safe on the roads which really that should go in hand of the person behind the wheel that should be safe but they feel responsible that they are the ones that have to make sure you're safe. So wouldn't that kind of go in the same line? Well, they don't of have the to fires? make sure that you know how to put out gasoline. You know, it's not their responsibility to tell you how to put out gasoline that's on fire. I haven't seen one, not one, fire department say, we don't know how to put out your 1961 Impala. Not a one. <laughs> not a one. And with that said. Well, your fire hydrant and your seat next to you will do that. Yeah, well, I, uh, I've got or a it fire right. extinguisher. Sorry. Got it right behind Are me. Are you kidding? Brett would spit that thing out <laughs> if he had to. <laughs> if his 61 was on fire, as God is my witness, yeah. he'd find a way. Someone grab it, my cream soda. <laughs> What's that fat man doing standing on a tire peeing on his car? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's saving a friend. <laughs> That's right, by God. Our special guest this week is Ford's performance enthusiast, mar- enthusiast, marketing manager, Cash Singh. Cash will be here to tell us all about his amazing summer vacation, and he had the best summer of anybody I've talked to. Ooh, cool. Uh, all the amazing stuff coming from Ford Performance, and he may even be able to give us a little insight into that Ford Performance pipeline. All that and much more is coming up next on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling podcast on the web. Our special guest this week is Cash Singh, Ford's performance enthusiast, marketing 
manager, you must have a business card about seven inches long. Uh, Cash is a lifelong car enthusiast, an accomplished Pikes Peak hill climb racer, a former street racing scofflaw, and an all-around cool car guy, and also one of the people who helped put me in a, in a Ford GT last year in Las Vegas. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> uh, welcome back to Driven Radio. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate being here. Uh, it is a very business card, but a great position to be in. We we had to have you back. You did too much cool crap this summer not to talk about it, while all the rest of us were just lamenting the idea that all the car shows and gatherings had been canceled. You've been going everywhere and doing everything. Uh, tell us about your summer vacation. This must have been a, a quite the essay to write. Yeah, it was actually a very fun time. Uh, unfortunately, with uh, COVID and some of the things going on in the current uh, atmosphere of the world, uh, Ford went uh, work from home early uh, March. Uh, sitting around, uh, I still had a house to sell in Seattle. Uh, spoke with my management. Uh, they allowed me to or wanted me to make sure that I was safe. I drove across country uh, in my Ford Escape, uh, made it to Seattle, uh, packed up the house, sold the house, uh, moved down. And then since I was on the road, I figured I'd hit a couple of shows. So uh, during the summer, we still had a couple of events that continued. Uh, Mid-America Ford Shelby Nationals. Uh, that was in mid-June. Um, Carlisle Ford Nationals, which uh, was in July. Uh, and then in August, I raced uh, Grid Life, uh, Alpine Horizon, uh, and prepped for my Pikes Peak uh, race uh, for this year and uh, at the end of August. So it's been a very busy schedule. And uh, with COVID and flight restrictions and so on, I've put about 15,000 miles uh, <laughs> since I'd say about that April time frame when I first left Detroit. I've uh, driven a couple of fun vehicles for my escape, uh, dropping that off and picking up an Edge ST, uh, which I'm currently in now. But um, along the route, I did get to pick up a GT500 and take that for a road trip for some time. You took Ooh. out a new GT500. On a road trip. I did. Okay, um, we all hate all- you now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm in Colorado. I was, I was actually working out of Colorado for a good time of it so I could get some seat time for Pikes Peak. And... Uh, Carlisle Ford Nationals uh, was going on. I decided to drive to Detroit, took two days, drove into Detroit, picked up a GT500, then drove a day across to Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> fun time in the GT500. It's uh, fell in love with the car. I really want one. Um, yeah, so do we. Went there and drove that back. Damn. It made it feel like you just kind of walked in. It's like, oh, hi, how's it going? Uh, oh, can I get the keys of that, uh, that 500, please? Uh-huh. Fork over the keys to the best thing you got here. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say were some of the new things about driving that GT500? I mean, what was uh, yeah. what was it about it that made it quite as special? Yeah, we're not done drooling yet. Please get to it. <laughs> yeah, I need details. Um, and talk slowly. <laughs> actually, actually and, and lucky enough, I said please, and uh, I was awarded with my kindness with the a track pack vehicle. So this has a bigger oh. splitter up front, has a carbon fiber spoiler. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I want to work for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, driving so across, uh, you know, out to Pennsylvania, it was like, well, life's a little short. You know, you set the exhaust and track mode, so you get that reverb of the motor, you know, fully opened up. Mm. Um, the car's got a lot of power. You can put it down uh, aggressively. We've got some very sticky Michelins on it. Uh, does a fantastic job, but it's it, for me. It was a great touring car. I I spent uh, I don't know. It was close to eight hours, I believe, eight ten hours somewhere in there. You know, with a couple of stops along the way, and it was just a comfortable car. I got out of it, and you know, I'm sitting there going, I really want one. 
Yeah, stops, yeah. <laughs> stops along the way to speak to the local constabulary about your lead foot. <laughs> uh, it it was, uh, it's Mexico. We kept it at the speed limit. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, of course. I don't, I don't know that yeah, I've got yeah, that kind absolutely. of... Absolutely. I, I don't think I've got that kind of discipline. In fact, I'm sure I don't. Welcome to the wonderful world of allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. No, those 500s are pretty cool. That's... I got to see a couple on a track just recently down at Hallett um, Motor Racing Circuit. So it was really impressive seeing those on track. That's a that's a hellacious summer. Now, yep. uh, you went to the uh, the Shelby Nationals. And my former co-host Vern Estes is there every year because he's just he's, he's a he's a Shelby savant. Um, I have to introduce you guys sometime because it sounds like you're going to run into him three four times a year if you know what the kid looks like. That's amazing. Uh, what did you take to the Shelby Nationals? Did you get to take something cool? No, I, I so cool is defined by you know it's kind of uh, so I drove from Colorado out to Tulsa in my escape, but what I had waiting there for me was a GT500, and it was my first time actually driving the car. And best thing to do is uh, show up, and they give you the keys to GT500, and you're at Hallett at a road course. Uh, we spent two days on the road course, and that car is extremely fun to drive. You know. Um, I got in and I was like, all right, let me use the paddle shifts. I uh, did that uh, first couple of laps, messed that all up, put it in D, <laughs> uh, let the uh, dual clutch transmission take over. And, oh, my God, it's it's fantastic. We've had a lot of engineering uh, work on that vehicle. Billy Johnson, who's our Le Mans winner and uh, racer and also one of our test drivers, uh, you're basically uh, have Billy Johnson uh, shifting the car for you. It's, wow. It's crammed off a lot of his uh, input. And it was fantastic the way the car downshifts and upshifts coming into a turn. All I could think of was if I can just, instead of the escape, could I take this bag to Colorado with me? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. From my 17 Mustang GT into this thing, because it would be fantastic on the mountain with the way it upshifts. I bet. So you got to run it on a racetrack. What else did you get to do at the Nationals? And the Nationals, it's a great event. Uh, It's it's. I was welcomed. Uh, it was it was a fantastic event. It felt more family atmosphere. So you spent two days at Hallett doing the road course. Uh, Friday night was kind of the coolest thing. I've been behind or in front of the cops, but this time I was behind the police officers that shut down the town or downtown Tulsa, and we drove a parade of Mustangs and you know in, in the hundreds through uh, downtown Tulsa, and they had the streets cornered off. Felt like kind of the president of the United States driving around where cops are waving me by and. We're making as much noise and uh, revving the engine where we can for yes. the, the folks that have, you know, lined up the streets to watch this parade of uh, Mustangs from the event. And I got to, once again, uh, drive the GT500 uh, following Jim Owens, who was in our new Mach 1. And that's actually where we uh, showcased the Mach 1. Dude, that's nice. awesome. On Saturday, we end up at the drag track and uh, a day of drag racing. And then on, on Sunday, it's a very kind of casual cars and coffee event, uh, nice little lunch. You've got some uh, lunch trucks, and then it's a goodbye, and it's kind of it, – it felt uh, very – it was great getting there, but it felt too quick because I wanted to stay longer. It was a great event. Well, you glossed over the drag racing part. You're down there. You're in a new GT500. Did you get to take that thing down the strip? I did not take it down the strip. Okay. Uh, we gave that duty to Evan Smith, 
who, uh, if you know, Evan's uh, done a lot of work for Ford, or yeah. he's also a drag racer. And then Jim Owens uh, wanted to keep racing, so we gave him the opportunity. Um, it's been a while since I've drag raced, and in that crowd, I might have felt a little intimidated, but it was all about <laughs> fun. And I kind of stood around, and I was doing the like, kissing babies and mingling with uh, folks, and uh, just introducing myself to a lot of the the good people that came up that want to know who I was. So after this, and God, that sounds like that that it would have been the highlight of the summer if you just stopped there. <laughs> but uh, t- one. for the uninitiated, uninitiated, tell us about grid life. What is grid life? What kind of racing is it? And what sets it apart from other events? Uh, so grid, grid life is kind of a, a lifestyle uh, event. It's, it's music concerts at night and you've got uh, racers, uh, you've got road racing, you've got time attack uh, and you've got drifting that goes on during the day. Uh, with COVID, there was some restrictions, uh, and this year, the one I participated in was in Colorado, in, in Colorado Springs at the Pikes Peak International Raceway. Uh, it's called Grid Life Alpine Horizon. Great event. Come out and check it out if you're ever in the area. But basically, you spend the day racing, watching drifters. Uh, last year, I did the event, and at night, there was a concert. Um, they've got events kind of in the Midwest. Um, it's a fun event. I actually entered uh, the event. It was kind of cool because I had my crew chief, who I've been crashing with, um, I let him borrow my older Pikes Peak car. Both of my cars are actually in Colorado. And he drove my old Shelby D500 on track, and I had my new race car on track. And it was kind of fun to watch these things uh, afterwards as I watched kind of the TV playbys that they had and uh, friends had taken pictures and so on to see both of my cars on the racetrack at the same time. But I entered it in the Time Attack uh, class more so for seat time for my upcoming race just to get more, um, more acquainted with the, the changes we made to the car brakes and kind of tires and so on what is your new car so the new car is a twin turbo mustang gt uh we twin turboed it it sits around a thousand horsepower Uh, it's wide body big wheels sticky toyo tires big wing big splitter um Mm -mm -mm. race car that we just take up bike speak once a year we all feel very sorry for you yeah Yeah, sounds sounds terrible the tears Mm. you got some time and uh, the fact that it's going on in Colorado, close to Pikes, you're getting a feel for the car and in an environment you're going to be in when you uh, do the hill climb. Uh, did you did you have a better feel with this one? Did you did it have a positive effect on your performance? It, it did. This was the first year, and um, with everything going on with COVID, uh, I was allotted the time to get seat time in the car. It's always, uh, if anybody knows, and most enthusiasts know, the car always comes together right before the event. Mm-hmm. And then you go out and try to do your event, whether it's a race, whether it's a show, whether they're building a car for SEMA. Uh, this year, I actually had about two months of practice. The folks at PPIR, um, they uh, they were very helpful in allowing me to come out to the track whenever I wanted and getting uh, as much track time as I needed. And uh, a friend of mine, Devin, uh, at one point at Grid Life, uh, he noticed how the car was handling and I was chucking it into the turns. You know, I'm sliding the brakes where I need to, getting the line's right, and I think he made the comment to the crew that was standing out there, it looks like Cash is finally comfortable. And, and I was comfortable with the car, and it kind of showed in practice. Um, getting to Pikes Peak uh, during qualifying, I set some of my personal best in time uh, up there, qualified in a personal best, knocking off about 30 seconds, uh, finally getting this car dialed in and being able to utilize the power. 30 nice. seconds on a on any track is huge. That's really, really big time. It, it, it was huge, and, and I came back down, and I had, uh, you know, time to the crew, and they're like, what do you think? And I go, I think you can find about another five to ten seconds there. And um, oh, dang. 
the race day, I was able to find that uh, an additional five seconds um, in that bottom sec- section. So, yeah, getting a, a dialed-in car, a different power band. The fastest time before was in the Shelby GT500 that was supercharged. This time, we're going to twin turbo with a lot more power, uh, bigger brakes, um, and then confidence in the car. So pulling some of those times out, you know, 30 seconds, pulling that in qualifying was huge. But to be able to say, I've got five to 10 seconds I can find on race day, which I did find, which was even bigger for me. Can you tell just even five seconds? Can you really tell you're going that much faster? Yes, because what ends up happening is, you know, in practice, in the turns where you're short braking or you're not carrying enough speed or you're in the wrong gear uh, or traction control kicks in because that occurred in uh, in a couple of times in qualifying and, you know, like come in right and, you know, do the things I needed to. So, yeah, like most drivers, I think they can tell. I didn't, at the end of the day, I didn't realize I'd pull those five seconds out, but I felt faster um, in that bottom sector. So, and, and, and the thing is after this year, I know next year I can pull more time out because I think I know where I can adjust for those things. Because like you said, finding seconds on a track is huge. So this year's Pikes Peak, I'm wondering, is was it different from previous years? Did they let spectators come out? Um, how was this year compared to other years you've run? Uh, it, it was a little solemn uh, because of the restrictions. Um, and, and hats off to the organizers of the event. They were able to still run it this year. Uh, with everything going on, but uh, one of the concessions that they made with the state was there would be no fans. So it, it race day felt like a very long uh, qualifying day or practice day in the morning, uh, where you you know yeah. you're just driving up and you don't have anyone sitting aside. You'll see some photographers and kind of the safety crew and the spotters. But aside from that, it was it was a little different. When we got to the top and you know getting to the top, it's been a dry spell for me um, with the weather and a couple of those things. So it's it's been about three years since I made it to the top. Uh, getting up there with the fellow racers, we kind of did the same hug it out and everybody's ex- elated. Um, the emotions run high. And then, you know, you kind of sit there and you wait for, you know, the rest of your racer friends to come up and hopefully make it up safely. Um, so it was it was a little different. Uh, hoping to have the fans back next year. Hoping uh, life yeah. gets back to normal and uh, we can enjoy the fans cheering on, cheering us on as we go by them. Yeah. Sounds like a great trip and a great new car, man. I'm dying to see this one. Um, you're going to have to send us some pictures. On to stuff that i i i have been wanting to talk to you about for so long now uh ford has come out with terrific stuff this year you've got the new gt500 new bronco uh you've got another new mustang coming out of mach one what can you tell us about all of your uh, your cool enthusiast stuff that's out well, you know, it, for us, it's actually a very exciting time at Ford. We have, uh, for at least with Mustang, we've got one of the greatest lineups ever, 12 performance variations of Mustang, or Mustang and the variations of it, uh, from everything like you mentioned, Mach 1, which is the newest uh, Mustang in the stable, GT500, uh, going all the way down to the 2.3 uh, high-performance uh, pack uh, EcoBoost Mustang. In between that, we've got the GT and uh, Bullet. Um, it's a great time. I, I, I love, like I said, I love the GT500, but I'm more, um, I'm more curious to get behind the wheels of a Mach 1. Uh, I've been teased with the Mach 1 since the last couple that I've, uh, one of the events we worked uh, just a couple of weeks ago in Sonoma, California, was a GT500 track uh, tour uh, event for media and uh, select customer invites. But we had a Mach 1 there, and I got to stare at it. Um, it's a beautiful car. Uh, it's, it's a completely redesigned front fascia. Uh, grills and splitter uh, increases more arrow, but it's got a lot of cooling, a lot of cooling that we took off the Shelby GT350 and some learnings from the 500 uh, suspension 
Uh, so that's going to be a fun car. And I was, you know, if you if you've been able to take a look at it, we've got their parents pack, which is kind of a throwback to the jet age because that's where Mach One came from. Mm-hmm. And it's fire jet gray. And it's a gorgeous color with a couple of orange accents. Um, and, and I'd ask the question: Anybody know why we would put orange accents on a car labeled Mach One for the jet age? Anyone? Bueller? No, no. I'm out. Well, a, a certain uh, rocket ship, basically, you could call it a rocket with wings, broke the sound barrier and was orange. So it's kind of a, a homage to those uh, pilots oh, and Chuck. Nice. Yeah, Bell X One. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Very, very cool. Uh, when can we see the Mach One? Is it out yet? The, the Mach One uh, will be available for purchase next year, but it is making its rounds uh, in various shows. But you can obviously find it online. We've got some uh, literature posted up there and some press releases. Uh, and then my hope is I get to take it to uh, some various shows. Uh, we do have one more show coming up, Barrett Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just to have that vehicle there. Oh, cool. So I will see that next week. When do you get uh-huh. into town? I get in uh, Wednesday, so we'll have to definitely connect. Uh, uh, we can I, take a little walk around on that vehicle. I'll, I'll be there Wednesday, too. I'll give you a shout when I get in. We've been speaking with uh, Cash Singh, Ford's Performance Enthusiast Marketing Manager, and a guy who's got one of the cooler jobs there is to have. Um, it, I just I want to be your assistant so I can travel around and help you out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find all the sash, uh, social media links for Cash, for Ford, Ford Performance, and uh, some of the cool cars he's getting to drive. We'll have uh, all of that good stuff on readthedriven.com. Cash, thanks for being with us. Uh, look forward to co- all the new stuff that's coming from yeah. Ford. Thank you, guys. Dude, what a cool summer he had. What I did on my summer vacation he kicks everybody's ass. God. That singer, I always get the good stuff. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I'm Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt and Catfish Groves. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.